This should be played at high volume. Live and local, this is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And welcome, everyone. Good morning to you beautiful people out there. It's a pretty nice Saturday morning after the rain the last couple days. It's refreshing to say the very least. And more importantly, it's the beginning of a long 4th of July weekend for most of y'all. So sit back, relax. If you're at home, obviously if you're home, drive. Make sure you're doing this responsibly. But open up a cold one or two because it's time for two stupendous hours of sports talk. And as always, we're coming to you live from the beautiful, palatial, and opulent game studios. Appreciate you listening in however you're doing, so be it through 1037 FM Lafayette, 1041 FM out in Lake Charles. We call them the Towers of Power here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and anywhere else on our mobile app, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com, smart speakers like Amazon Echo. Just tell that person to play the game Southwest Louisiana. I'm not going to say it because I'm sure my phone and my laptop are going to go crazy. Me saying her name. If you have a... And Amazon, you know what I'm talking about. Or any other way you can listen to us. And if you want to get in on the conversation, we got some time for you. 337-706-0111. More so in the first half of this show than in the second half. We got a couple guests lined up in hour number two. We'll get to those when we get closer to it. But you can call us up 337-706-0111. Or if you go to 1037thegame.com, you click that listen live button and you listen to us, you can stream us through there. There's also something new we added, a little surprise for you on this 4th of July weekend, and that is a live chat feature. If you want to get in on the conversation that way, you're not quite ready to graduate from the chat to the phone lines, this is the place to be. It's always a safe space over there. So we got two straight hours of as I like to call it, no-holds-barred, unfiltered sports talk. And I feel like getting down to brass tacks and talk about what's causing all this on a Louisiana Saturday morning with your, if you haven't heard this show before, we call it the Saturday Sports Sermon. The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday. Testify! It's time for your Saturday Sports Sermon. It's always wild to see how much the conversation about head coaches goes over in LSU world. How recruiting is recruiting is important regardless of what school you're at. You could be at LSU, you could be at McNeese, you could be part of that imaginary high school that was playing against a big name high school team on national television that we found out they were fake. The name I can't remember right now. 
But in a world of name, image, and likeness, it's running wild and running rampant. It would seem like LSU would be cleaning up, especially with someone like Brian Kelly at the helm. But of course, here we are. It feels like Groundhog Day. Again, second day of July. You heard of the two-minute drill. Jackson Howard committed to LSU. But there's still people who feel like they're missing out on a lot of commits, especially when you see top-flight recruits from the state of Louisiana that have already committed to out-of-state programs. Out of the top five, this is coming from 24-7 Sports, out of the top five that are on this list, two have already committed to the University of Texas, Arch Manning and Derek Williams out of Westgate, and one has committed to the Crimson Devil, that is the Alabama Crimson Tide, and Eli Holstein, brother former STM Cougar Caleb Holstein. Then there's the case of Jaden Osbury, who hasn't committed But again, 24-7 Sports is saying it's pretty much a 100% lock to go play for the Golden Domers out in South Bend, Indiana. You think about that. You've got Caleb Holstein, Arch Manning, both off the board entirely when it comes to quarterbacks. And at the end of the day, LSU's quarterback room, it's pretty doggone stacked this year. You've got Miles Brennan. You've obviously got Walker Howard just waiting in the wings. You've got the Daniels kid. There's a lot of talent in this group in the quarterback room. So maybe quarterback isn't necessarily where you need to be. But the fans, the chicken littles, and that's what I'm going to call a lot of these people when I bring up stuff like this. The chicken littles of the world who believe the sky is falling because of the fact that you are missing out on talent in the state of Louisiana. Trust me, there's still a lot of talent left to be taken. That's the big thing that I think people miss out on. Yes, the star ratings are fancy and great and all, but at the end of the day, they don't necessarily dictate how your recruiting class is going to wind up being. We all have seen this in the past. And they feel like they're falling behind. They're failing because they're getting lagged behind by several other teams, not just in the SEC, but across the country. In the case of Texas, they'll be in the SEC by the time we see Arch Manning in that burnt orange. And it's amazing to me how much these fans just absolutely are convinced that they're falling short of the mark. Here's the thing. It's July. I said it in a two-minute drill. It looks like there's going to be an influx of new commits coming through the pipeline in the next week or so. So just kind of take a chill pill, take a step back off that proverbial ledge on the on the bridge and I'm telling you, it's going to be okay. And I'll go ahead and tell you why and give you a bit of historical context here. Because people are just going to hate on the hire of Brian Kelly. And trust me, I think there's a lot of reasons why maybe you shouldn't be a huge fan of it. But I think he's the right guy for the job right here, right now. Just give him some time. And I guarantee you, he'll be turning that thing around and making that recruiting trail a lot better now I'll just start off with the biggest one of them all and that's the reality check I think a lot of people needed Arch Manning was never going to LSU in my mind I think this pretty much confirms my theory that I've had for a long time that a Manning will never wear purple and gold in his life any Manning quarterback or any other position they could wind up playing they will not be donning purple and gold jerseys anytime soon. They will not be joining LSU and playing 
on Saturdays in Death Valley for the Bayou Bengals. That's just where I think it is. And what I also think people are forgetting is the fact that this is his first full recruiting class in Brian Kelly as the head honcho out in Tiger Town. And I'll take you down memory lane if you've kind of forgotten where some of those first-year recruiting classes kind of go that first full year. First full year was 2018 for the former head coach in Ed Ogeron. If you remember that, he's one of the best recruiters in the game. Everybody was loving the fact that he was joining LSU number one as a defensive line coach because he could recruit like a censored for radio. He could do this. He ended up with a 15th class in the country, 15th best, which is great, which is fantastic. And it's pretty much, I feel like, just below the golden standard of LSU, if we're being honest. But think about it. This class had Jamar Chase, Chase and Hines, and Terrace Marshall, just to name a few. I think Jamar Chase may have been the shining star of that entire recruiting class, and he was only a four-star. Big bleeping deal. Should be, should be retroactively a five-star recruit because he's shown himself to be really good at the college ranks and probably phenomenal just in his rookie season. I like Justin Jefferson, but I feel like there's a lot more sustainability because he's got a quarterback like Joe Burrow that's going to be with him for the long haul. Now we take a few steps back into the time machine to the mid-2010s. The first full recruiting class, four less miles. It was a top 10 class. Here's some of those names. You might know a few of these cats. Acadiana Highs, Jacob Cotrera, Keelan Williams, Jared Mitchell out of Westgate. Those are just a few of the notable names that I saw. And then there's... Nick Saban, the Nick Tater. And this isn't the guy that's won national championships almost every single year. This was a guy that was taking over a program that was good, but turned it into elite. And his first full class was a mission statement. Second best in the country. You want to talk about, like, legends, bangers, all the way around? Michael Clayton, Andrew Whitworth, Joseph Adai, Marcus Spears are the big names in that class. Tell me, right here, right now, that's not one of the best damn classes you've ever seen at LSU. I think the Jarvis Odell class, the Leonard Fournette class, those would probably be towards the top as well. But I think 2001 may be one of the best recruiting classes ever. That might be another top five discussion down the road. But that was a damn strong class. And again, they're all different. It's July. And I'd much rather Brian Kelly and LSU play the slow game. I'd much rather them take their time and really sell the idea of LSU to a, a recruit, a potential recruit, a potential commit, a target. Give me those guys that are just going to sit, and you know they're going to sit and wait until we get closer to NSD Part 1 in December or Part 2 in early February. Give me those guys. Is that's when it all matters at the end of the day. It's a lot like making a sale. Yes, they committed right now, but that's a verbal commitment. But the second you sign on the dotted line, people out there making sales across the world would know this. You can have a handshake and be like, hey, I'm down with it. But the next thing you know, this guy can turn around and go to another competitor. I'd much rather know for a fact the handshake and signing on the good old dotted line. That's what matters the most. Close the deal. 
That's my big thing when it comes to LSU recruiting. And any recruiting in general. Because I saw the same thing earlier this week. And it's amazing how much first-year head coaches get a lot of flack for the fact that they don't get the job done in terms of recruiting. They're not getting the job done in a lot of the fans' minds and a lot of the public media's mind. And I bring up one team in particular, Florida, Billy Napier, a guy who pretty much overnight, his first full recruiting class at UL, was number one ranked in the entire freaking Sun Belt, was one of the best in the Sun Belt, one of the best in the Power Five, his first full recruiting class. You know why? Because he didn't just go ahead and rush to get guys during NSD Part 1 and Part 2. He was more focused on getting the guys in 2018, the 2019 classes, starting to develop those guys and be able to get his people in terms of guys. Like, uh, you can just, the list goes on. Uh, Jabbar Jaluk and his crew getting his staff in place that could help recruit the best in the state of Louisiana that they could get. So don't tell me that LSU or anybody else in their first year isn't knocking out of the park. Because I think they had the ability to knock it out of the park. It's just the fact that sometimes you aren't going to get the guys that you want right out of the gate. You've got plenty of time between now and, again, that date in December when National Signing Day Part 1 begins. Because that's when more and more the bulk of the players are signing on the dotted line. And I feel like now that John Bell Edwards and his infinite wisdom has actually decided to kind of take a step forward in the NIL, and it looks like more and more we're going to see that door be open, and I guarantee you LSU will be getting a lot of help from that perspective. So I'm going to end it with this. Take a chill pill, touch some grass, because honestly, it's early July. Get it together. It made me realize the group that Kelly is going to get will be just fine in year one. And also, don't necessarily look at the rankings. They're not necessarily true. It's a lot like when you look in your rearview mirror down the interstate here. Objects in your rear view may be closer than they appear. Objects in 24-7 sports may not be as good as they appear. They could be, but we don't know until we see them on the field. All right, it's under the dome with CD. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to flip it over to the New Orleans Pelicans and talk about the contract of Zion Williamson if he's worth the max deal, and also the KD rumor and innuendo. We'll be back after this on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Who is the world-famous CD, really? Whatever you think when you think sports radio, he's the exact opposite. Yes, I will do the opposite. Let's get back to Under the Dome with CD before he starts acting like Costanza. George is getting upset! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles got official. Daniel Gotro joined the program in about 10 minutes. If you want information about how to become an official in the Acadiana area this high school football season, you just got to listen in. In the next 10 minutes, we'll talk to him about that and so much more. Hell, last week we tried getting him on, 
but he was a little bit too busy out there calling a USFL playoff game. So we'll talk about his experiences with the USFL from that perspective and more in about 10 minutes. But in the meantime and in between time, we got time for you at 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. But if you're on your phone and you want a brand new Apple Watch, a Series 7, we've got your chance to hook you up with that with our brand new text club. And how do you do that? Well, if you're driving, make sure you hand it over to your passenger or just keep a middle note on this as you're making your way to your destination. All you got to do is text GAME, G-A-M-E, that's simple, four letters, to 337-288-8100. That's GAME, 337-288-8100. And once you join, you will be eligible to win an Apple Watch Plus, you'll have a ton of chances to win some amazing prizes like Astros tickets, concert tickets. Who knows what could be available inside the text club? You've just got to find out by joining that text club and texting GAME to 337-288-8100. If you want more information, check out 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. Now let's talk about Zion Williams. Let's just get into the news about him. The rumor in your window, and it feels like it's more likely than not it's going to happen. I'm surprised the news hadn't officially broken just yet. But you had a $231 million max deal. Hear me right. A max deal for Zion Williams, the number one pick out of Duke, just a few short years ago. He's not even... 22 yet. He's about to be very soon. But he is about to be making that much money and have a contract extension into 2028. The 27-28 season. That's insane. And it's even more insane when we think about what Zion Williamson's really brought to the table. Because that's where, like, I got an argument with, with Miguez about it and he was damn near incensed about the fact that I would say a bad word about Zion Williamson. Here's the thing. He's played in 85 games. 85. Yes, 85 games. And how long has he been part of this Pelicans team? Three seasons. Yes, COVID kind of screwed things up, but here's the thing. He missed the bulk of the first half of the season in his rookie year. Wait for it. Injury. He got in. I, I keep believing this that the shoe the the shoe the shoe blowout against I can't remember who they played in that game it might have been UNC but that game changed everything for Zion Williamson can he get better I think and I hope he does that's the thing I hope he does but it feels less and less likely that's the direction this is going to wind up going for the big man. He missed all of last year with an injury due to his foot. Played in 61 games last year. And I'm being told, you know, he's a 60% shooter from three-point range. He's pretty decent for a big guy from three-point. I'd much rather want to see results from him than give him that money right now. Again, I think he could be absolutely worth that money and then some. But 
one of the things I hear Jordy talk about, and it's the most cliche saying of all time, then again, that's kind of Jordy's whole thing, is the best ability is availability. And Zion, spoilers, hasn't been available. I understand. He's lost a lot of weight, and that's another thing that kind of boggles my mind. I feel like it's more than anything with Zion. Anytime that there's a video of him out there hooping it up, like throwing these big dunks down, or you see a picture of him and he looks leaner, he's in the gym, he's getting things done, that's great. But how is his foot going to hold up over the course of an 82-game season? Sure, there'll be some games he misses, but I want to see how much he can handle over the course of the 82-game season, especially if, and that's only the 82 games, if you don't make the playoffs. They could make the playoffs. Look at what they did last year. They they really had no business being where they were and getting into the playoffs and advancing out of the playing game, but they deserved to have that spot once they got into it. Once they got to the playing games and they got it done, they, they, they earned their spot. But can they keep it going with Zion Williamson and maybe being a little bit consistent? That's the thing that I'm waiting on to see. Because he could be the absolute megastar we all hope he is. The generational talent that I keep hearing about. But I think a lot of people are just frothing in the mouth based off of social media posts. First off, for, for those young people, young pups that are out there paying attention to social media, it ain't real life. You're seeing him in practice. I feel like Allen Iverson right now. We're talking about practice, and that's what's got you all hyped up and thinking that the Pelicans can get into a Western Conference Finals and think all these things are possible. I, I temper those expectations down a little bit and kind of get into reality. We don't know how – we see what he can do in practice – but I want to see what he can do in an actual game during an NBA season because then we can start saying whether or not Zion Williamson is going to be the guy in the 2022-2023 season if he can get this team to where he needs to be. And, hell, I heard Miguez say during the one season that he played and got a, pretty much a full season in, he was legendary. He had a legendary season. I said, legendary is the definition of hyperbole when you see an average of 27 points a game, 60% shooting. Did he win an MVP? No. He was an all-star, yes. He definitely deserved an all-star nod, but I feel like that being considered legendary, it's a bit of a stretch. This year, again, 2021-2022 didn't play due to the foot injury. You don't know how that could affect him in the long run. Because if I'm not mistaken... Shaq suffered something similar to that, or it was something with his foot, I remember, not too long after the three-peat in the early 2000s that sidelined him for a good while. He was still good for a few more years, jumped over to Miami, won a championship over there, but then he kind of fell off. But he was still performing at a level good enough to make a lot of different teams, became kind of a journeyman after the Heat went to the Celtics, the Suns, all these things. Mind you, I don't think we talked too much about the Celtics run that Shaq had. But I just want to see what Zion Williams can can do coming off of the injury. Because if he's good, that's great. That's going to be good for the Pelicans franchise. And I think with everything going on, 
I'd much rather have a healthy Zion Williamson than KD. Because here's the thing with KD. He's a great player, one of the best. But I guarantee you, you are going to pretty much have to give up a fortune to get rid of, to get him to come over. And I was seeing, you know, I did the trade machine just for fun. I'm like Fletcher Mackle. I'll occasionally, though, dip a toe into the trade machines. And the Four Letter Networks trade machine actually wound up just letting me give up a couple of people, and that was Jackson Hayes and CJ. And that got us a trade. I don't know why. But I've seen other ones where I think you'd probably have to give up B.I. too. You'd probably have to give up C.J., Jackson A's, B.I., and maybe you'd have to give up Zion too to pull this off. Because if you're the Brooklyn Nets right now, everybody's jumping ship and you're trying to rearrange deck chairs on the damn Titanic. So in my mind, if I'm the Pels, I am much more focused on getting purebred talent and, more importantly, maintaining a culture. Because here's the thing. I think we're starting to build a culture of winning over in New Orleans. I'd much rather that than do the old New Orleans Saints mid-2010s move and go sign a big name from a big team. And KD is a huge name. Go look at what the Saints did in the mid-2010s with some of those free agent picks. Remember Champ Bailey, an absolute beast in his career towards the tail end of it, didn't even see the field for a second. Kobe Fleener, I think a lot of fans have PTSD of Kobe Fleener dropping passes left, right, and sideways in the NFL. We have a lot of other guys. I think Brandon Browner was a guy that was highly touted coming out of Seattle. Turns out he wound up being a locker room cancer and got penalized more than anybody else I think in the history of the NFL, by himself. Like, he had, I can't even tell you how many penalties he had off the top of my head, but it was an insane amount. And hell, the Pelicans have had their history of getting guys from bigger markets. Need I remind you of Boogie Cousins? He was good. He was great. Pairing him up with AD was a good decision. What happens? He tears his Achilles, goes to the Warriors, winds up winning a championship without really doing much. He goes over to Golden State right after. After he tears his ACL, y'all let him go and kind of move on from him. And then you started to see the beginning of the end of the AD era in New Orleans. Now, I'm hopeful. I am absolutely hopeful that we see things get done. But will they? It's a million-dollar question. We're going to take a quick timeout, be back with more Daniel Gotro. Joining the show in a few moments. He just texted me, so I'm going to get him on the show right now. Talk some officiating, how you can get involved, and more right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Missed out on the Jordy Holberg Show? Here's what the Blonde Bomber said that got people talking. If you've ever been to the Mecca, which is Madison Square Garden, it's a proverbial dump. It's a dump. It's like it's like Notre Dame Stadium back in the day when LSU played football there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 
The Jordy Holberg Show. Weekday afternoons from 2 to 4. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Most sports talk shows turn it up to 10 on the amp. But Under the Dome is far from your ordinary sports talk show. It takes it just one step higher. These guys are that. Now back to the show that gets the lead out. Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And we're your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. And guess what? We got a chance for you to see the one of the hottest teams in baseball. They just hit 50 wins. You have a chance to see them live and in living color when they take on the Seattle Mariners on July the 30th. We want to hook you up with the fantastic Astros Weekend Getaway. And we want you to be there. Now, how do you enter in? Well, it's simple. You just sign up in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. It's the Astros Weekend Getaway. They're powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Now we're going to flip it over to a little bit of a different conversation because I'm sure a lot of people are always interested about how they can become a referee in the high school area, be part of their community in that way. Well, here's how you do so, because I've got somebody on that's going to give you the information, give you the lowdown about all that's going down to get you prepped up, if you will, for prep football here in Acadiana, and that is Daniel Gotro. He's a referee in the SEC. He also just spent some time with the USFL in their inaugural season. Daniel, how you doing? Good, Clint. Good morning. Good morning to you, my friend. And let's start things off, because obviously I think a lot of people are interested in getting involved. When's the registration begin to become an official in the Acadian area? Well, we'll, we'll actually begin in-person meetings uh, next Monday, July 11th at 6 p.m. at Lafayette Christian Academy in their cafeteria. Um, and we'll, we'll meet every Monday uh uh, following the 11th through th- really through the, through the whole football season. Um, but registration will start on July 11th and it'll go until the middle of August. And um, you can show up at, at uh, Lafayette Christian and uh, all the registration information is there uh, for you. Um, or you can actually reach out to, to, to my father who is the, the local assignment secretary. And I can give his information out towards the end of the uh uh, interview, but he could also email you all the important documents as well. Exactly. And we're talking about Greg Gotro. Can't wait to talk about him in a little bit. But obviously, what kind of goes into all that, into these meetings and kind of explaining what's going on with these meetings starting again, like you mentioned, sure. on July 11th? Sure. Well, what what we do in Lafayette is um, uh, every Monday, we'll, we'll actually break down a rule uh, in the rule book. Uh, there's there's 11 rules that that cover various parts of the game, and we'll break those rules down individually. Um, uh, just kind of going over the the important parts, 
really sometimes the rule book is 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 kind of cumbersome, especially for a young a, a young official. So we'll hit the high points, kind of make it um, you know put 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 some of the vernacular in 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 uh, layman's terms, and we'll also cover mechanics. Um, we'll try to put you in a position, uh, whether that's you know referee, uh, umpire, line judge. Uh, headlinesman or back judge, and then we'll actually work through the mechanics of those positions. What are you looking for? Um, you know, and then uh, then after that, we'll we'll start breaking down individual fouls. What's an offensive hold? What's a pass interference? You know, is this foul a live ball foul, which means that does this foul um, happen at the snap, or is it a dead ball foul, which is which means is you know is, is that a foul that's going to prevent the snap from happening? So we'll 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 cover all of that stuff, um, you know, in that first month and a half of the season, and uh, or uh, month and a half of meetings, kind of leading you up to the season. Uh, obviously, we don't want to put out a put out an official that that doesn't uh, that's not quite ready. So you know, usually in your first year, you'll work some sub varsity games, um, you know, junior high freshman JV, and you'll also be around to run, run the clock uh, for, uh, for varsity games, which are paid positions. Let's talk right now with Daniel Gotro, kind of getting to know what it takes to become an official in the high school area. And it's interesting you bring up the fact that these guys kind of – it's almost feels like, like a minor league, if you will, where you go do these smaller games, you run a clock, JV, just to kind of understand the mechanics until you get to that certain point where you get called up, you start doing – more and more of those bigger high school football games, not just in the Acadian area, but beyond, especially when it gets to playoff time. Right, right. You know that's correct. And and, and again, it's all about trying to to get get officials to understand what's going on because you know when you're when you're a fan of of the game, and 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 I would say a hundred percent of officials at all levels started out as a fan of the game, um, whether they were a fan watching or a player or a coach. Um, so much of your focus is on the ball, right? That's what we're that's what we're looking at. That's where the action is. The action's on the ball. Um, but when you become an official, very seldomly the football fouls, right? Um, your your action happens around the ball. So you have to get that understanding, that feel of knowing what's going on around the football, and and not being a fan, transitioning to a to an official. So all of that happens. It takes some time and. And, of course, the last thing you want to do is put someone out there who's not ready. It's not good for the team. And, really, it's not good for the official to be put in a situation where they can't succeed. I'd agree with you wholeheartedly there. You don't want to have these guys necessarily just thrown to the wolves and have them just one of their first games being one of the ones in the Superdome because that could be just a mess in and of itself. But kind of going into into your side of the, of the world, you've coached – you've refereed in the SEC, excuse me. You've refereed over there – and you just kind of wrapped up the first season of the USFL, and you've been part of the, some of the other semi-pro leagues in the spring, in this case going into the early summer time. You have the USFL, the AF, and the XFL. What's it been like refereeing on that side in the USFL where I think this one has a lot more sustainability than the last two semi-pro leagues have had? Sure. Um, you know, it, it's it's really been a positive experience for me, I think, you know, anytime you can, you get extra opportunities to to evaluate plays, to be in you know uh, game atmospheres. That's something that I think all officials welcome. Um, you know, this this spring league has has 
has lasted, I think, well, one, because Fox has pumped in a bunch of money to it, uh, so they have the financial backing. And um, I think it's been a pretty good pretty good product to watch on TV. Um, I, I, you know, I was uh, – it, it was difficult sometimes when you're working a game in Birmingham when Birmingham didn't play. Um, and there was 500 people in the stands. But uh, uh, if you were lucky enough to get a Birmingham game, I, I think I had three of them, uh, in, including the opener, um, you know, way back in April, and they were putting 16 to 20,000 in the stands. It, it, it had a lot of excitement. And um, I think the play was good. I think, the, you know, they had coaches uh, from all kind of different backgrounds. Uh, the majority of them had college experience. In fact, you know, I, coming up in Conference USA, um, before I got in the SEC, I had worked Coach, Hol- Coach Holtz's games, Coach Sumlin's games, and Coach Fedora's games. So it was good to kind of reconnect with those guys. And I think, I think you know, the, they, they, they did a really good job of incorporating some of the things that, that colleges use, such as RPOs and, 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 and no huddle offense to try to, you know, make the game a little bit more uh, exciting than possibly the other, than, than the XFL uh, or the uh, uh, AAF. But um, it was a really good experience, and uh, I actually wrapped up last week with working the semifinal game between uh, Birmingham and uh, New Orleans, and I'm excited to watch the uh, championship game tomorrow night. And you brought up the fact that you did the semifinal game just now. That was going to be my next question. What was it like being part of a semifinal game, especially in such a hallowed venue as Canton, Ohio, where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is? Yeah, it was it really was a good experience. Um, we were able to kind of to uh, to enjoy Canton a little bit uh, Saturday before the game. We went on a on a little private tour of the Hall of Fame. Went 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 some behind the scenes action and and for me it was really neat. Um, they they have a they have a whole room uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame dedicated to the super to different Super Bowl memories and Super Bowl games. And um, with my dad uh, being a big part of of the Steelers Cardinal Super Bowl um, uh, game. Uh, it was good to see pictures of him and, and, and uh, artifacts from, from that particular game. But, um, you know, they, they really do a nice job up there. There was a good crowd um, for, for, you know, uh, an area that hasn't had the USFL all season. Um, I think they had about, about 12,000 uh, at the game. And uh, it was, it, it really was a good experience. Nice stadium. It was, of course, it was nice to get out of the, the, the warm uh, Birmingham air uh, that, that that we had all season. I, I have one more about the USFL, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. Do you think in 2023 we could see more see this spread out more versus just isolated entirely to Birmingham? Was that just more kind of logistical thing to make sure they can get this first season underway? Yeah, I, I mean, really, what it what it allowed them to do was 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 cut costs uh, when you have one location. You're, you're able to share the same training staff and the same video staff and the same equipment staff. Um, you know, really, really all that, all that we know is stuff that we read, um, you know, uh, uh, in the media that, that they are, that they're committed to coming back that they, I mean, they, they've announced that, that, that they will be back next year. And I know that they're, they're looking to maybe have multiple host sites, um, host cities to where, you know, teams are maybe traveling a little bit, um, you know, two two different venues, but um, I, I I do think the concept is really good. Um, and and for me, having you know, uh, my travel was cut down quite a bit, just having to go to Birmingham and back. But you know, we did have officials from California. Um, I had a guy from Montana on my crew that was traveling from Missoula, Montana, uh, 
to to Birmingham, so his travel was quite different than mine. But um, I I do think that there is you know one thing I think I I can I can say from working in three different leagues, um, I I think there definitely is a uh, um, uh, an avenue for spring football. I think I think fans like it. Um, I think cities have embraced it. Um, uh, even in the other leagues, and um, I think it's here to stay as long as TV networks still are, are still invested in it. I sure hope so. One more before I let you go, and obviously it's more about officiating. You know, how can get people get involved, get signed up, all this stuff. Give them all the information. Also, give them Greg's info so he, they can touch base with him and get all get a lot more information from him. Sure. Um, well. Uh, again, we'll start meeting on uh, Monday, uh, July 11th at, at the uh, Lafayette uh, uh, Christian Academy cafeteria. It'll start at 6 p.m. And uh, uh, if you're interested, you can reach out to him at area code 337-278-5441. Uh, and he can give you all the details. That's that's 337-278-5441. And I would just encourage any anyone listening, if if, if you're interested, you can come on out and, and, and just come to a meeting or two, listen, ask some questions, see if it's something that you might be interested in doing, um, and then sign up. Um, but, but I really think for those that are fans of the game, uh, fans of the sport, I think, I think it really does give you a different viewpoint to uh, participate in. Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your 4th of July weekend. And I'm sure you're absolutely just getting geared up for refereeing football in the fall once SEC gets geared up. That's it. Yeah, we get started uh, at the end of this month. So I'm excited to uh, to keep working football, keep keep, keep being a, a part of a great sport. Clint, thanks for having us, and thanks for uh, thanks for your support of officiating in the Lafayette area. It's always the appreciations on the other side of the table. Once again, Daniel Gotra, appreciate him joining the program. Talked to him last year. Uh, I think that was a it was either last year or two years ago, but it's always great to talk to him about officiating and getting people involved because I think that's one of the cool things about the stuff going on right now. There's always an official shortage. There's always a referee shortage in high school football and just, heck, I mean, high school sports in general. So why not do this and kind of learn what it's like to be an official? Maybe it is for you. Just go ahead and... And if you missed anything from that interview, we'll have it up online on 1037thegame.com or all your favorite podcasting platforms. You can just search under the dome with CD. We'll take a quick time out. We'll come back, wrap the hour, five picks to click for your sports betting weekend. Maybe you're making your way out to Lake Charles. We got your picks to click right here. Back after this on the game, 1037 Live yet and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the Astros and Tigers. That are, that's the LSU Tigers, that is. The world-famous CD always has his eyes on the lines out in Las Vegas. Hit me 20. Hit me 21. Hit me 22. Here's his five favorite bets for the weekend. Will he make you rich beyond your wildest dreams? Or will you be cursing him out after he goes 0 for 5? Let's find out on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. station. 
Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Appreciate you listening in. And now it's time to kind of break down my Fay five picks to click on this sports weekend. Before that, I want to take a step back and kind of recap what happened last weekend. And my five fave picks to click on Saturday, last Saturday, were Tampa Bay Rays beating the Pittsburgh Pirates. That happened. Bang. Chicago White Sox beating the Baltimore Orioles. <clears throat> Wrong. New York Mets. Check that off. They beat the Miami Marlins. Ole Miss beat Oklahoma to win the national championship. Plus 120 odds. I, I really want to know what the odds were for Ole Miss to win the College World Series when the field was released. I would love to know those odds and know if somebody, maybe George Faust got in on that action. Maybe that's why I haven't heard from him in a little bit. But I'm certain he probably threw down some money on that. The Birmingham Stallions, I put money on, minus 170 to win over the New Orleans Breakers. They did. They're going for the USFL Championship this weekend. As you heard, I got Daniel Gotro, who just now joined the program, talking about that. But now it's time to kind of get into my fave five picks to click for this weekend. I'm going three Major League Baseball games and two fights in the UFC. Big international fight week going down. Time to get into it. We start off with the Atlanta Braves taking on the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds burnt me last week, but I don't think I'll get fooled again because the Braves have been pretty doggone good, and I feel like the Braves can get it done against the Reds team. And as much as it pains me to say it, I'm going the same direction with the Angels. I'm going with the Angels. The Ashes have burned me so many times in the past, but I'm also going to rely on the Kevin Foot theory. And if you don't know what the Kevin Foot theory is, I'll break it down for you real quick. If you score too many runs the first game, it's going to fall apart in the next one. You scored eight runs last night. You had a great performance on the mound from Christian Javier. Let's see what happens tonight or this afternoon. 310 first pitch, you'll hear that on the game. Give me the LA Angels getting the win. Minnesota Twins minus 225 over the Baltimore Orioles. Give me Sugar Sean O'Malley because I think he's absolutely a beast and deserves a title shot in the next few months. Give me Sean O'Malley against Pedro Munoz. And then also Volkanovski. Give me Volk over Max Holloway in the co-main event at minus 195. All together, that parlay could net you 52.80. So gamble responsibly, and more importantly, try and do the opposite of what I do because you might wind up winning some money. Back after this, hour two of two. Coming up next, Got John Eric Poli previewing UFC 276 at 10:15. In the meantime, got top five most patriotic athletes coming up next. 